Welcome to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist podcast. In this episode, you will hear dance educator Mary Wood in conversation with principal dancer Teet Helmets. This interview was recorded on Friday, April 19th, 2019, before the opening night performance of John Newmeyer's The Little Mermaid. Hope you enjoy. Good evening and welcome to this evening's Meet the Artist interview. Welcome to the opening night of Program 7, The Little Mermaid. I'm Mary Wood for the San Francisco Ballet. Very pleased to be here with you all, being very pleased to be looking forward to Mermaid after this little break, and very pleased to be in conversation with principal dancer Teet Helemetz. Good evening. I decided that for the sake of our conversation, I would just take a show of hands. How many of you have not seen the theater production of Little Mermaid? It was filmed, and the film is out there. I think you can probably buy it in our boutique. Uh, I think so, yes. So, well, if you enjoyed the first act during the intermission, run up to the boutique and get the film. Um, So that helps when we start talking about it, to know that we really are with some folks who have no idea. Okay. <laughs> um, so we want to, um, well, let's lay a little groundwork. Teet has been a principal dancer with San Francisco Ballet for 14 years now. Yes. We have seen Teet do, let's just say, every lead role in the repertoire. All, <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. All of the princes, all of the, the center parts that call for tall, handsome princes. Um, and in our production eight years ago, eight, nine years ago, you played the role of the prince. Yes. In sleeping in, in the little mermaid. And I believe. Yes. And he's also in the film. (laughs) A lot has happened in these last few years. So we've, (laughs) our brains have had a lot of other things to think about. Um, Let's dive right into talking to this audience about what this is all about. What are they going to see? Start with a kind of a big picture and then maybe explain a little bit about this production. Um, You are not going to see a Disney version of The Little Mermaid. Sorry to disappoint you. you are going to see um, an incredible journey for the <coughs> principal lady, um, the Little Mermaid, and also a very different story also for a leading principal, uh, the poet. And these stories run simultaneously one is the creator, and one is living the creation. And it's a, it's a lot to take in first time, because there is a lot, a lot of different stories happening at the same time. But it's worth the seeing twice, I would say. Oh yeah, oh yeah. 
But um, that being said, uh, the part of the mermaid is um, fabulous, and tonight you are extremely lucky to be seeing Yan Yan Tan do this role, and she is absolutely a San Francisco treasure who is also on a DVD. Um, if you miss her so much, you can buy it later. <laughs> and um, yeah, so you will you will have an absolutely amazing show tonight. Um, we want to spend a little time, you know, a couple paragraphs from now, really talking about the choreographer, John Neumeyer. But um, for the moment, the choreographer chose um, not to do the cute, happy ending version. The choreographer chose the original Hans Christian Andersen fairy tale, which um, if we could advertise anything, I would say it should be homework before you, it should be a prerequisite to seeing this because it helps so much. But um, how has the choreographer handled that role, that that storytelling role, and that sort of introduces the character that you will play this season. So I'm playing the part of the poet, who, or Hans Christian Andersen, who creates the um, whole entire story out of a tragic incident in his life. And John has put so many layers into this ballet. There are so many complex characters who are real people. And that's why uh, I kind of mentioned you you got to watch it a couple of times. <clears throat> but it, he has created this story so well that even if it is overwhelming for the first time or um, it, it's, it's a lot to take in, you, you will understand the story very clearly. And um, he has done such a great job of allowing dancers to express the emotion uh, through their body and the movement even if you don't really see maybe um, the, um, the acting, you will see it through the moment. And um, it, it has, it, it is very apparent what is happening on a stage. You will not miss what is happening on a stage. I was going to ask how John tells the story. Obviously, there are costumes, so you can kind of pick out who's who by what they're wearing. Mm -hmm. um, but but there's not what I would call a lot of pantomime. Mm -hmm. And you've already said now, he creates the drama through movement. Um, it's well known that, that John Neumeyer comes from a very classical ballet background. Mm -hmm. But how would you describe the movement that these characters do? So when we started working with him um, initially, and this is the second time around for me, uh, well, third time around for me, we, um, there is different movements. So when we're under the sea, 
there is this floating movement where the arms and everything is floating. There is this lightness to the movement. And then we, um, when we come out of the sea, there is this rigidness. And um, the, the people represent this rigidness and the mermaid stands against it with her beauty and uh, fluid movement, but she struggles because she's on land now and she can't be as fluid. So look out for that. You will see this. It's a really nice contrasting. Um, and there are simple movements like um, a tear falling. We all understand how the tear falls. Um, So in seeing a full-length story ballet, which most of you probably just saw, um, what, Sleeping Beauty, and mm -hmm. maybe just saw Don Quixote, mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of pantomimed action. And then there's everybody stops and dances and does a variation, mm -hmm. or a pas de deux. Mm -hmm. Is there any of that in this? No. There are individual solos, but they carry on in the music. The music is not separated into an empty cuts. Like, okay, now he's going to walk to the top of the stage and do a solo. That is that is not going to happen. It's really beautifully um, all crafted together so that the whole piece runs fluid all the way through. And uh, there are moments of silence, but the silence represents something different. Silence represents that kind of pause in your life when you have to make a decision. There is a couple of silences, more often um, for the mermaid, but there is this, uh, the whole entire beginning of the ballet starts, uh, there is no music. And the decision for the poet is also a, a silence when he's, um, um, his tear falls into the sea, and then that starts the music. And so these this pauses, there are in, in this ballet, but they, are, um, they work beautifully in, within the ballet. And since you brought up the music, we should point out this was a commissioned score mm -hmm. uh, by Lara Auerbach, who is, um, I think, an American, Russian-American. I better not go there. Um, read it in your notes. Um, but she worked very closely with John on this piece, on the ballet. And they actually did some revisions after the initial premiere, which was at the Royal Danish Ballet, mm -hmm. uh, revised it for the Hamburg Ballet a couple years later. And there's one very interesting thing that um, you might watch out for, and, or listen for, I should say, and that is an, a remarkably um, unusual instrument, the theremin. Yes. And the, the theremin is, I can't even describe it, but um, the San Francisco Ballet Orchestra um, had to go find a theremin player in Europe. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and fun fact, anybody here addicted to Midsummer Murders? <laughs> the theme song is played on the theremin. Fun fact, and I'd never heard of it until mm -hmm. Little Mermaid. Okay, moving back to Mermaid. The music is, um, is pretty remarkable because it takes us through both the drama mm -hmm. and underlies, under, 
underlies the the dance that there is. I mean, there, there is some pretty vigorous dancing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, how how when you are working with the choreography, um, talk a little bit more about the music and how it carries you. You started to. Yes. So. I don't know what the case was with this commission, but often uh, composers who are um, are writing for full-length ballets, music, they're using themes, themes that represent a certain character. And in this ballet, the same thing happens. There are themes for mermaids, there are themes for prince, there are themes for poets, and this, once you get used to the music more, you will recognize those themes, and sometimes they overlap when the mermaid and the prince dance together, which is, um, I think it's, it's a really clever and uh, foolproof way to create a kind of continuity in the music. And also it is... Uh, incredibly beautiful to hear these themes that maybe run separately now meet together and how they function together and how it sounds. So it's, it adds this whole other new layer of beauty on top of it. And unless you were seeing it several times in a row, um, it's probably a very subliminal um, influence, but yes. it's there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, a little bit more about John Neumeyer. Uh, he is... Renowned, uh, he's an American. Uh, went to Europe. Has almost his entire career has been in Europe. Uh, he's been the director of the Hamburg State Ballet mm-hmm. since I feel like forty plus years since 1973. Um, he has become well known for well. He's created over a hundred works. Many of them are stories. Mm-hmm. So that is perhaps something he's very well known for. In fact, many of you might have seen Nijinsky last season. Um, talk a little bit about working with him. You said you, this is now your third go-round. How, how is it? It's... Um, Such a creative guy. It's, it's uh, stressful at times um, because as dancers, we, we really want to we want to please, we, we want to create the vision for the choreographer, what he's looking for. And, um, and, and we work very hard, and sometimes we maybe work too hard, or we, we um, try to take every word and just try to become very intense about it. Um, what he emphasizes more, it, it is about movement, and he loves when you can express movement through your body. But it's important to him that you also find it within yourself. He's not exactly asking you to impersonate somebody. He's hoping that you would find it within yourself. And, and so it's, it's, it's also... Uh, it's, I, I believe it's in every artist's job to find their own way to express somebody or um, become somebody on the stage. And it's, um, 
it has to happen really quickly over here just because our season is quite compact and so at times it can be very overwhelming yeah when he um when you did this eight years ago nine years ago um his movement style was probably relatively unusual to the company new Mm -hmm. to the company Mm -hmm. um has it been a little bit easier to recreate now this time? Although there are probably a number of dancers in the company who weren't here then. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there are very few dancers who actually did the production before. I, I think that I understand what, what he wants. Um, but still, it's, it's, um, things can always be better... Things can, um, movement has to come from a thought or intention. And uh, he emphasized even today after the rehearsal, and uh, I think we should always think of this way um, as, as uh, actors and dancers that, that, the, that the ballet doesn't begin the, the time that I step on a stage. I have to have been somewhere. I did something before I stepped on the stage. And when I go off the stage, where do I go? What do I do when I go off the stage? And then I re-enter. So this is an internal journey that I have to create. And so um, besides the movement, I, I have to fully commit to the character and to its story. I remember hearing him talk about that several years ago, and it was quite an a intellectual and emotional concept that the dancers had to absorb. Um, talk a little bit, for just a couple more minutes, about you are now, this season, doing the role of the poet. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw you in The Prince before. Had you done the poet in the earlier period, or, or is this new for you? This I year? was studying it, okay. but I never got to perform okay. it. So... Um, Talk a little bit about the difference between the two roles, not just so much their characters, but the kind of part Mm -hmm. that they are, and maybe lead a little bit into the whole subject of character parts. Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't call a poet, I mean, he is a character part, but it's quite tough. There's quite a bit of dancing. But... So originally, I I learned the role of the prince, and he's um, he's a very simple guy. He's a he's a kind person, just very simple. He um, treats people well in the way that um, he is. He's he's kind, but he doesn't always get the messages. And um, well, John says he's not. Maybe the brightest. <laughs> yes, but he's a nice person. Like he means well. But so it, that, it, that is challenging um, to the dancer. Um, and poet is, is, is quite a bit different. Um, I, I'm so glad I'm doing this role. I'm really, really having a great time, and it's extremely intense. And 
I am very, very exhausted afterwards, even though it's not nearly as physical as the, what the prince has to do. Um, I think that probably uh, out of all the male roles in this ballet, the prince works absolutely the hardest um, physically. But emotionally for poet, this is... Um, and I've chosen to do it that way. I've, I've chosen to take on that journey, that, that emotional journey of feeling everything that the mermaid is feeling, anticipating the drama that is about to happen, uh, l reading my notes as the story unfolds and, and seeing the terror on the page. So um, it's a lot to give and it kind of drains me. But you have said before that you do enjoy delving deeply into a character oh, and yes. playing a character. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's it's um, it's a it's a great challenge, but a wonderful freedom at the same time. There is this you really just let go, and um, it's it's hard to unlock it. But once it's kind of opens up, it's it's uh, hard to stop. Yeah, watch out. <laughs> Let's take a few minutes and get some questions from the audience. Um, questions about mermaid, questions about teeth's interpretations that start here, okay? Neat question. Um, he says, it's amazing that it's been eight years, but eight years have passed. How um, are you treating the roles differently now that eight years of experience has intervened? The role of, in Mermaid or roles in general? Mermaid. So it's a new role. And um, it, I, I started doing background research um, uh, a long time ago. But um, uh, the, it was challenging. It was challenging. The situations was challenging. The story was challenging. I could not immediately feel it you know there's one thing of being able to understand what it is that you have to do and you can you can do the steps and you can emote and you can make the faces but you like for me is not enough like i have to have to feel it it has to it has to do more than just making the faces like that is not why i act i act because i couldn't get to release something and so it, it was a it was a long process, and it's still a working process. I I can't say that it's perfect yet, but maybe by the end it will be. Um, but there are moments when I'm completely like, I I I experience grief, and I experience so much pain of not being able to tell somebody how much I love them and the situations that turn out to be not the best. And it's, um, it's, it's a lot. And um, I think, if anything, over the eight years, I've, I've, I've um, tried to be more authentic, not try so hard or not to make a face. If it doesn't feel right, it's, it's, it has to internally be right. Good, thank you. Um, over here, there's a, right there, yeah. 
Okay, a couple minutes of the Teat biography. How did you get into dance? Um, the reason why I dance is because of my mom. She, she took me to ballet school. She didn't tell me. And uh, <laughs> one thing you have to understand is in, um, I grew up in Soviet Russia. So being a ballet dancer, you couldn't just pick up and become a ballet dancer. Oh, I'm going to go and take a ballet class. No. You have to be selected to, be even, to even have a chance to learn ballet. It wasn't something that you could just go and do. But because she thought I had talent. So she said, I was only 10 years old. She said, oh, we're going to go to Capital City. We're going to probably get some ice cream. <laughs> I know it's funny, but because Soviet time was a time where if you lived in a countryside, you probably never see ice cream. Maybe you would see it once a year just because it wasn't available. So there is a certain difference. It wasn't just something. In the capital city, they had ice cream. So my mom promised me. And there were two auditions signed up. One was for opera and one was for ballet, because I also sang. And um, so, yes. So that's, we went ballet audition was first. They accepted me in. Mom said, okay, fine, we'll cancel the opera audition. And there you go. I did eight years of Vaganova training, yeah. And this was in Tallinn? This was in Tallinn, yes. It's Estonia, right? Estonia, Estonia, yes. Which was at that time a Soviet yes. satellite, right? Yeah. Um, watching the time. One more question. Oh, there's a very high arm there. What flavor of ice cream? <laughs> what flavor of ice cream? Surely I think... you wouldn't forget. <laughs> there was only one flavor. <laughs> And I bet it was fabulous. It was, uh, I think it was called sweet cream or something like oh. that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, I wish we hadn't run out of time, but we really have. Um, they start making noises at us here. So I just want to say, for those of you who came in late, um, I'm Mary Wood, and we've been in conversation. I've been in conversation with T. Telemetz, who will be performing the role of the poet in alternating casts mm -hmm. of The Little Mermaid. And I know you will enjoy this evening's performance. It's almost hard to say enjoy because it's it's not it's not a bouncy, happy experience. It's very it will be very affecting. Well, there are moments of happiness. There are actually some moments of happiness where it's almost so close it's so close it could almost happen well it will be, it will be a good performance yes. thank you all for being a good audience and we'll see you in a couple of weeks thanks for listening to san francisco ballet's meet the artist podcast for more podcasts and other audience engagement programs check out sfballet.org or your favorite podcast player